I want to start from where we stopped last week. Last week, I stopped at verse 17, uh, where we were to, where we are supposed to start exploring what it means, what the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God means. Amen. So let's look at it. Let's take it back for let's take it back to verse 15 so that we can put it in context. This is another segment, in my own opinion, in the letter of Apostle Paul to the Ephesian church. Verse 15. For this reason, and I'll be reading from the New King James Version. So let's do this. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the wisdom, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And if you look at verse 8, Let's go to verse 8. Uh, you know, I think I'm going to use my phone to help her help out a little bit here. So, which now, verse 8 say, talks about the grace. Maybe I should take verse 7. Let's take verse 7 and 8. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace which he made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence. So the Bible says in verse 7 and 8 that God has made wisdom and prudence. So wisdom, which is intelligent application of knowledge, and prudence means knowledge. God has given this to us in our spirit. Then Paul is praying for the Ephesian church in verse 17 that God may give to them the spirit of wisdom and revelation, the knowledge of him. Verse 13, we read that you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So which means we already have the Holy Spirit inside of us. So what spirit is Apostle Paul talking about here? If you, look, if you carefully look at it, if you are reading from the New King James Version or the, New King, or New King, the King James or New King James Version, you will notice that the spirit, the, the, the spirit here in verse 17 is small letter S not capital letter S. This is one of the things you need to, excuse me, you need to look out for when you are, when you are reading the Bible. And one of the things that I saw in the Bible that helped me realize I was in the wrong church many years ago was when, was, was somewhere in the Bible where I saw, okay, so we were attending a video, a manite video, one of those ridiculous videos that we used to attend. We're attending this video, and I say ridiculous, because what we'll go there to pray about or pray for is, is, are the things God has already given to us in Christ Jesus. So we just waste our time, and many of us travel so very far distance to get there. Even some of us could not even afford uh, travel, uh, the travel fare to, to, to attend this meeting. It was a horrible and horrendous experience and, and, and a moment in my life, Angela Miss life. You know, well, because, well, that was because of our ignorance anyway. So during the video, they were praying that God would give us a particular kind of spirit. And I looked in my Bible and I saw that that spirit was capital S. And, I said, I, and a question came to mind, don't you already have this? And, I, ne and the next question that came to mind was, wait, 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 wait. What other many things has God given to me that I'm still praying to God for? And I started asking questions. 
unfortunately for the church, I happen to be one of their teachers in one of their kind of Sunday school kind of thing. You know, they have a meeting for new, new joiners where I was asked to teach. And when I began to see this thing, I started teaching. My teaching changed the same content, but in a different way. I started teaching it based on what God has already given to them in Christ Jesus. As opposed to praying. I'll give you an example. One of the things we teach on was kingdom service. So it was, I, can't, I think it was Exodus 23, 25, if I'm, if, I can, if I'm correct. Now it says, if you serve the Lord thy God, he will bless your bread and your water, and he will take sickness and diseases away from you. But that doesn't sound right to me. Based on the new revelation I got in the word of God. Now that I don't need to serve God for God to take sickness and disease away from me. I don't need to be serving God in the context of serving in the church because the context of the teaching was to get people to come to church and serve. Is that how you clean the toilet, you drive the church bus, or you do something? So the teaching handout handed to me, handed over to me, was to teach the people that if you will serve God, if you come to church and do kingdom service and work in the church, God will bless your bread and your water. And God will take sickness and disease far from you. No, this is not correct. Why should God's blessing upon my life be conditional upon my act of service? And a lot of things got me to start thinking. Guys, maybe this will help you a little bit to see the reason why I challenge Christians to think. So I was going to, I made a commitment for God to bless my bread and water that I would be in church every Saturday to clean the toilet. Friends, I was not working a job. I didn't have the money to travel from London to Kent to do it. Then, then you hear this thing again, do not pledge. If you pledge something and you don't stick to your pledge, God will be angry at you. <laughs> so much confusion in my life. But when I began to see in the word of God what, that what God has already given to me in Christ Jesus and that my service to God should not be the other way around whereby I serve God to bless me. But when I realize that I'm blessed by God, I serve God as an expression of a responsible child of God who has been ordained and anointed with the ability to restore the earth, bring order, replenish the earth. So serving in the church, if you are, if you are thinking straight, serving in the church, you are, not doing any, you are not doing anyone any good. You are only giving expression to a sense of responsibility that you have. So wherever you are, any church you are part of, your pastors and the church should not, be, should not beg you or try to encourage you to serve. If you're in your right mind and you know your head is correct as a child of God, you know what you do? You look for what should be done in the house, in the family and get involved. Amen. Because the church is a family, is, is, is a church family. It's a family. Are you getting me? So if you come to church and in your own opinion, people are not properly packed. Or you, I mean, I mean when, when, when vehicles are coming in, people, they're they are not, they're understaffed or they're under-resourced or resourced or they're not enough volunteers. You can tell I, I work in the program management space to some extent. If you come in and you realize that, wait, these guys need more hands to, <laughs> to pack people. Instead of you, to raise your nose and say, they're not even parking people very well. Get, park your car. Or next Sunday, get there earlier and support them and help them. 
Amen. So back to this, my story with this church. So when I, re- when I saw that, this is, wait, wait, wait. What these guys are asking me to pray about is things I already have. You know, so that influenced my teaching in the, in the class. I don't want to call the name so that I can, I can protect the identity of the church. So it changed, it, it influenced my thinking, my, my, my teaching. So instead of teaching the people, I, guys, you know I'm quite passionate, right? Before I saw that revelation, you, you should see how I preach it. And that, such that when I remembered how I preached it, preached it, I felt sorry for the people I have preached it to. <laughs> that it says, if you don't serve God, because you know, when you say, when you, when you look at it one way, you also look at it the other way. So I say, I used to teach things like, so if you don't serve God, right, it will not take sickness and disease away from you. What a stupid thinking. Now I'm not saying someone is stupid here, I'm saying, I'm saying to myself, what a stupid thinking. To think that God will allow sickness and disease on people because they are not serving in church. I was very stupid. One of the most stupid people in the world at that time, based on my ignorance. Praise the Lord. So I, I was having a word of knowledge for kids here. So kids, watch this. You are home. Something is not clean. Maybe the toilet or the bathroom or the kitchen. Something is not clean. You then said, because no, it's not my duty. It's this person's duty. What will take you just five minutes or less to fix? So you ignore it. You walk past it. You are not a, you're not a responsible child. Amen. You are not what? A responsible child. Tell me, I want you to, I want you to smile. I want you to smile. Smile very well. You smile. Yeah, smile. I want to see that smile. <laughs> Amen. And I, I should see Ibukun's face too. Something you should fix in the house. And you say, oh, <laughs> you if you do that, you are, your head, you, are, you are not thinking straight. Your head is not correct. So remember today, when you see something you are supposed to fix and you want to walk past it. The pastor said, if I walk past it, my head is not correct. But I know my head is correct, so I'll fix it. Praise the Lord. Amen. <clears throat> so, verse 17, we're back to the spiritual realm. Amen. So, you can see the S there. <laughs> you can, I can tell I have experience in this life. <laughs> it's a small letter S. It's not capital. So Paul is not saying to you, you should pray for an anointing for wisdom and revelation. Are we thinking? Amen. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> Sunday is one of my best days. <laughs> so Paul is not telling you to pray. Paul was not praying for the Ephesian church that they should receive a special spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of him. So if you have been saying those prayers, you are wasting your time. I was speaking to him. A brother yesterday. Amen. Praise the Lord. And <laughs> I was challenging the kind of prayers that this brother said. And I, I kind of shared a few things with him. And one of the things I shared with him is this. I said, I've seen instances where people have been praying for three hours, four hours, fasting. And spiritually, they are not even moving the needle. And I'm accosted to get involved in the matter. No fasting, no praying. I might even be thinking about what to eat. I was even thinking of something completely different. And in five minutes, what the guys have been dealing with for three, four hours is fasting. I deal with it in five minutes, spiritually. Hello? Let me repeat that. What some people have been... I'll give an example, another example. So there was this lady one day, she saw something flying in the house, you know, seems like demonic. And she went into this prayer. She started praying at around midnight till 5 a.m. I couldn't sleep. And she was banging the wall, charging, raging against demons. 
Friends, I slept so well, but it, it, her noise was waking me up. What she was what she prayed five, six hours for? No, no, I just need to speak one word because the Bible makes me understand the devil knows me. I know the devil. Right? The devil knows me, I know the devil. He knows I'm a child of God. He knows I am in Christ, and Christ is the head of all principality and power. He knows me, I know him. So when I speak, he knows I, I'm not speaking based on anything, any natural accomplishment. He knows I'm speaking based on my own revelation, understanding of my position in Christ Jesus. So when I speak, demons, they, they fix themselves. And this woman prayed for six hours trying to deal with a demon that I just need to speak one or two, three words. And they are gone. Amen. So Paul is not saying here that you to for you, he's not saying here that you should pray for a particular anointing. Mm-mm, you have it. So if you have been praying some kind of praying for a special anointing for wisdom and revelation, you're only wasting your time. You what? You are wasting your time. So if this is not a prayer for a spirit or an anointing or wisdom and revelation, so what it is? Let's go into it. Now, spirit of wisdom here refers to a mental disposition. What? Mental disposition. How you see things, your outlook on life. Amen. Your mental disposition, your perception of things. Now, Paul is saying here in essence that your mind will receive a revelation, a reality. So when he's a spirit of wisdom, he's talking about the spirit of your mind, your mind, your soul. That your soul will be enlightened. Right? That your mind will be enlightened. <clears throat> it, becomes, uh, it becomes real to us in our mind, seeing the world through the lens of our rights and privileges in Christ Jesus. So basically... What Paul is praying for, um, let's re- let me take the entire verse 17 again so that we can get in co- put it in context. So that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Spirit of wisdom and revelation was in the knowledge of him. So, Paul is saying that to Paul was praying for the Ephesian church that they will have an accurate knowledge of God. They will have a mind that has a revelation, an accurate revelation of who God is. You know, is it Daniel 11.32 says that the day that know their God, they shall be strong and they shall do exploit. Friends, so the, degree to, the degree to which we experience freedom and we walk in dominion and authority in Christ Jesus is dependent on, depends on the level of revelation knowledge we have of God. Friends, your spirit know, your spirit knows Jesus. Your spirit knows God. Your spirit has a full revelation of God. When you pray for the spirit of, spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, we are talking about your soul. That your mental disposition, how you see things, will be from the God's perspective, who God says you are. What we are praying is, you know, that moment you say, "Aha! Now I get it." Now, have you, re- have you noticed, or have, when you pra- if you practice this, I've seen this a lot in my life, literally every time. Now, when I, just to show you, to prove to you that your spirit knows God, your spirit has full revelation 
of Christ Jesus. The, Holy, the Bible says the Holy Spirit, that is the Spirit of God, has, has been used to seal, seal your own spirit. So the Holy Spirit, you know, you have full access to who God is, the knowledge of who God is through the Holy Ghost who has been who has sealed your spirit. You know, your spirit knows everything about God. Watch where, watch this. This is where I'm going. Now, when you pull out Ephesians and you begin to personalize it and you say things like, in whom I have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, which he has made to abound towards me in all wisdom and prudence. Now, if you are a careful observer, as you say those prayers, something on the inside is confirming and you are becoming energized. No, the anointing is not coming from external. It's coming from within. Because what is happening right there is that your inner man, the Holy Ghost in you, is confirming what you are saying and you are aligning your mind and your soul to it. Because what we do in life is a function or comes out of our soul. When the Bible tells you, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flows the issues of life. What you do comes out of your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotion. Our default reaction to situations and circumstances comes from the condition, the state of our soul. So when your mental disposition is evil, demonic, how do you think you will act? Demonic, evil. Even though your spirit is perfect and secure. Mental disposition. The Bible says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. I think uh, Philippians chapter 2, I think verse 10 or 12. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. It says, give substance to the, reali to the reality of your new creation in Christ Jesus. Your new birth, your, your new position in Christ Jesus. Give substance to it. Bring it to, I mean... <laughs> Make it a reality. Give it expression. The problem is, has nothing to do with our spirit. We don't have a problem with our spirit. Where we have problem is our soul. And that's why we got to be mindful of what we watch, what we listen to. The devil is not fighting you. He's not, he's not after your spirit. He's after your mind. Because if he can get you to think evil and darkness... What you experience, what becomes your reality is evil and darkness. So when I, when I discourage people from watching lustful, demonic movies, horror movies, I am only trying to help them to protect their soul. Because what you watch, what you listen to, people you allow in your life, those relationship, association, they have an impact on your soul. And, and I mean, when I say your soul, I mean how you feel. Some people come into your home, especially sometimes some seductive ladies, when they come into your home, I'm speaking to men here, you can tell you feel weird, you feel awkward. I'm a man, I know what I'm talking about. Sometimes a woman is not dressed provocatively, not dressed seductively, but when they come in, I can pick because their mind creates an atmosphere around me. I'm telling you, this is legitimate. <laughs> My wife is laughing. I'm telling you. 99.9999% of women that I feel weird, I feel awkward around them. 99.9999% of them that I've spoken to, I'll say 120% of them, I've opened up to say that that was their thoughts, their mind, what they were thinking. 
I was speaking to someone one day and they were telling me how they undress men in their mind. And this is one of the people that I feel very uncomfortable around them. They were not dressed provocatively or seductively, but there's an atmosphere they carry. <laughs> Praise the Lord. There are things that I see and perceive, I just look away. Most of the time, because the people do not mean harm, so I don't cut off from them, but I engage them on a journey. I put them on a journey whereby they come to know the light, know the truth, and walk in the reality of who they are in Christ Jesus and, and stop that thinking. And so also, I mind what, how I think. I met a guy. I'm still talking about your soul. I met a guy. He's a tailor. And he said to me, he said, ah, man of God, like, all the women I attract just come to collect my money and leave. And I asked him. Oh, I think I, I pointed to him. I said, it depends on the kind of how you think. What kind of human are, woman are you expecting? Because if you're expecting women of a particular type, you create, you will, you create a field, a false field around you that attracts this kind of women. It affects how you think, where you go, the kind of words you speak. So when I meet ladies who tell me that all oh, the kind of men that attract are bad men, are horrible men, we need to start with you first. Because I don't, before I got married, and even after I got married, I don't attract weird women. No. I don't. Before I got married, they, and I'm not saying they are perfect. I don't say they are, all of them are holy. But the kind of women I was attracting were people who were serious, want to do something with their life. Occasionally, you have some riffraff come in, try to sneak in. But the riffraffs, when they come in, it doesn't take too long before they realize that, no, this guy is not for me. Because I don't speak their language. I don't speak their language. Many ways that men and women communicate on God, I don't know them, I don't learn them, I don't, I'm not interested. Amen. So what you allow in your space, even people will affect how you feel. There will be some people that will not come, they will never spend a night in my home. It will never happen. Because of what they think. They are born again, spirit-filled. Their spirit is saved. They are holy in their spirit. But in their mind, their mental disposition, how they see things, how they think, how they act, is contrary to what the word of God says. Now, they have not realized who they are on the inside. Because they have not said these prayers. And they are not walking towards it. Friends, say, what, what produces the Christian life in your life? When the Romans chapter 12 verse 2 talks about, do not be conformed to this word any longer, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That transformation happens when you begin to align your thinking with the reality of who you are in your spirit. So when a Christian is, mind, is not minding their business and putting their nose in other people's business, commenting on all manner of things that's none of their business on social media, they do, and they are, they are rolling out videos to insult and destroy people, they, their head is not correct. They are not, they don't, I'm not trying to insult them, I'm just trying to tell you what the reality is. They, they, they have no clue of how much work to be done on the inside of them, on them. So, if you want to know who a Christian, who is on that journey with Christ Jesus, and if, or if you want to be that Christian, who is, who is on the journey with Christ Jesus, you invest time and resources in helping you know who you are in Christ Jesus. The videos you watch, the conversations you have, the company you keep, should be helping you to want to, to become that person, to know what thing you carry. 
That's in the colloquial language in Nigeria. What you carry? What you carry? In your spirit. Say Christianity is not, it's not, an, uh, it's not an emblem. It's not a logo. It's not a social status. This is real deal, man. This is real life. This is real stuff. Amen. So, Daddy, verse 17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of him. That your mental disposition will align to the knowledge of him. That how you see things will align to the knowledge of him. That your mind will be aligned to the knowledge of him. Amen. In the knowledge of him. So the knowledge of God is a big thing. It's so, it's so, it's so, it's so, it's so important in our Christian life. First John 3. Uh, how does it say it? It said, um, I can't remember how First John 3 says it. That we are the children of God and that's who we are. Somebody can remind me. Uh, beloved, mm-hmm. okay, my wife will help me get it. I'm, I'm, my blood pressure is very high now. My, my mind is not catching up on that. I'm just trying to also find an example to tell you, to tell and to show you how important it is for you to know who God is. For, eh? Behold, what manner of love the Father, the Father has bestowed on us that we ought, that we ought, that we should be called children of God. See, that some people should spend six months on that one to understand what that verse means. That God is not into killing you, into destroying you. But he loved you so much that he, he, he gave you the right to be his child in Christ Jesus. John chapter 1. right? And the Bible says, what manner of love the, love the Father has bestowed on earth that we should be called the children of God. And said, that is who you are. Mm. See, for me to stupidly teach people that if they don't serve God, right, it will not bless them bread and water and it will allow sickness and disease. It just shows my head was not correct. My, my, my head was, was completely dumb. My head was void of the knowledge of, the, of who God is. My head was not correct. One bit, it had no sense in that brain. And that's because I do not know him. So when Paul is saying that, when Paul, when Paul is praying that, you, that you, you may receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, is critical. I remember back in the day when people were, were forcing me or trying to lure me into uh, doing arranged marriage so that I can get papers. I can, uh, uh, I can get papers and write to work in the UK and also on the path to citizenship. Quite a lot of people, Christians born again, some of them don't talk, talk, don't talk to him, talking. One of the things that carried me through that pressure was a revelation knowledge of who God is. I said, if God is not able to take care of me and look after me, is an irresponsible father. And each time I, I utter those words, I can see people shiver in the room. Like, how would you say such a thing about God? I said, I know what I'm talking about. If God cannot look after me and I have to cut corners and lie and do evil things, then he's an irresponsible father. But I know that my father is not irresponsible. And I choose to follow the hard route. I, I, I refused to follow the, the path of least resistance. And I walked, studied, figured things out as he was guiding me and leading me. 
and I don't have any weird record. The Home Office has nothing to find out, to, to pull out on me about something illegal. No, they, they don't have it. Go and check it. Go and check with them. I don't have anything illegal with the Home Office. Nothing. No, clean record. Because I refused to follow that path of wickedness. And that's because I know my God, my father, is a responsible father. UK is not my promised land. My destiny is not in UK. I'm here on assignment. Twice I tried to leave this country. God said to me, don't allow the enemy to trick you out of this country because this is where I want to use you. If God wants me in Canada, if he wants me in America, I'll pack my things, I go. Praise the Lord. Spirit of revelation. The Greek word revelation, for revelation here is apocalypsis. It means disclosure. It is, it is derived from the Greek word that means to take off. To take off the cover. Paul is not praying that the Lord will give us a new revelation, but to receive the revelation that is already ours. You know, when people go on fasting and praying, and um, they say, Father, show me, Father, I'm more anointing. These things are not true. They are not correct. And that was why I took my time to explain to you or to draw your attention to what you experience on a daily basis or from time to time when you pray, that when you read the scriptures, when you read through the scriptures and you pray according to your rights and privileges in Christ, this power, dynamis, generating on the inside, you feel more empowered. We tried this. We experimented this with some teenage, uh, teenagers who, who, that we hosted not, not long ago. That we hosted long, not long ago. And one of them, the feedback we got, she said, our prayer life is now more meaningful. So she used to pray, but she just prayed, pray in tongues. But when I show them how to pray according to your rights and privileges in Christ Jesus, praying the word, now our prayer life is more meaningful. You know, remember the Bible says in the book of First um, Corinthians 14, Paul said, when I pray in tongues, he said, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. It kind of tells you that when you are praying in the spirit, sometimes your mind will be wandering around because your mind does not understand what you're praying about. Now, instead of allowing your mind to wander around, if you put in Christ's realities in front of you, and as you're praying in tongues, you're reading them, watch the result you get. Come back and, and, and tell me, and thank me. I'm, I'm happy, I will collect your thanks. Your, your thank, your thanks. I don't want to say thanksgiving. Your, your thanks for teaching you that. What I just said there is phenomenal, so you can rewind and replay. Amen. When you're praying in the Spirit and your mind is wandering around, pick up your Bible, Ephesians, or extract those texts. Personalize it. I am this, I am this in Christ Jesus. Put your mind on it and watch what happens. Dunamis, power surging on the inside of you. See, you get results that some people will not get even in eight hours of praying. Just praying, Father, do it, Father, do it, Father, do it. Friends, see, Christianity is not, is not an activity. It's not, you know, it's not a showmanship where you go into a place and you pray, you come out, you tell the whole world, ah, we pray for six hours. What were you praying for six hours? What, what did you pray? What were you praying? When we go in two, three hours with our minds set on the Holy Ghost and from time to time the Holy Ghost, we, our mind will, will, will catch up and we are, we are praying the Spirit, pressing the things of the Spirit. And then our mind comes back to this world again and wants to go. We, we pick the word of God, we put it inside of it again. And before we know it, we're gone again. 20 minutes, lost in the spirit, praying the spirit. In all my life of um, pastoring, being a Christian, no one has taught me this. 
and I tell you it works for me, and if I've, if I've taught other people and it works, you better start practicing it. Amen. So, the knowledge, the, the spirit of revelation, to take the cover off, for you to see what is on the inside of you. You are not an ordinary human being. You are not an ordinary human being. The devil will harass you to the degree to which you do not know who you are in Christ Jesus and what is available to you. Amen. Praise God. Paul didn't pray that God would give them more and more and more things. Faith, anointing. No, no. You know when you go for prayer meetings and you're praying for fresh anointing, it's not correct. What kind of anointing are you praying for? No, what anointing are you praying for? The Holy Ghost is the anointing, the anointing of God, and it's on the inside of you. Which more anointing do you want? What you need to do is to plug into what you have on the inside. Aligning your thoughts and your mind. Praying that your eyes of understanding, your mind. And as you say those prayers, you better be reading the word of God, studying the word of God. Because the prayer on its own will not do. The prayer will prepare your, will prepare your heart to receive. But if you don't bring in the word, nothing will happen. So you pray for your heart to receive, and then you do the work by putting in the word. Praise God. Believers are blessed. What we need is a revelation of the blessings of God that we have already received. You know, I just, I just feel like saying this thing. I just, it's a feeling. It came, it's just, I feel like saying this thing. You know, many of us, we go to church or we were introduced to church because of what we want to get. You know, some people were poor, some people were sick. And it's one of the reasons why I kick against inviting people to church for healing and for things that they can relate with. You know, things we, I mean, okay, let me put it this way, things we can get anywhere else. Do you know that though Jesus healed and the resurrection power of Jesus is at work on the inside of us to heal and things like that. But the alternative to um, spiritual healing Medical healing, and people do really get help medically, and they get healed. And some people have really mastered the body, and they can mix herbs, and mix, uh, mix herb and food, and put you on a diet program, and people get well without going to church. And when you talk about money, because of the digital age we're in right now, a lot of people are getting rich, becoming millionaires, without praying or fasting or giving to God. <laughs> Amen. But many of us, we are going to church and we are giving because of what we want to get. That's not how God, that's not, you, you just, so when you are giving to get from God, you don't know who God is. And you don't know your rights and privileges in Christ. Because if the unsaved can get the things that you are trusting God for without praying, ah, you should think. Do you know that one of the reasons why, why many young people are no longer responding to church and not even they don't give a rip about God. They, they, they claim to have a relationship with God. And many of them do say, you know what, I speak to God in my heart. And truly they do. But they don't give a rip about the churches because what you communicated to them as a value of coming to church, they've realized that they can get it without praying. They've seen their friends who are unsaved getting it. I hear people say to me that, I go to church, I pray, I fast. But my unsaved neighbor, my friends who are not saved, they're having all these things and they're happy. So why am I going to church? Mm-hmm. Now we are talking. You don't go to church or give so that God can bless you. No, you are blessed already. And that's why you need, you need a revelation. You need a revelation of this, not just head knowledge. Because I've seen people, you know, when things then turn around for them, 
maybe <clears throat> they, have, they, they begin to have some problems in their life, they revert to their old way of thinking, thinking they need to go and serve God so that God can bless them. And I'm thinking, you've walked in victory. You've been thinking in the other way around. Serving God because of what you, uh, serving God because you know you are blessed. But because for two weeks now, you were not able to, you're not in church because of the demands of your work and things like that. And you begin to see some demonic things happen in your life in a sense. And then you think God is angry at you because you are not serving. That thinking is not right. The enemy is the one trying to manipulate you and don't give in to it. Amen. Don't allow the devil to exploit you. And that's why when my church family members tell me, maybe this happened, I say, no, don't go even go there. Don't think about it. The Bible says to us in Romans chapter 8, I think verse 33, it said, who shall bring a charge against God's elect is the Lord who justifies. So even if you don't keep up with your commitment to God, the devil has no right to punish you or to destroy you or to steal or kill from you. So when the enemy shows up on your scene, in your, on your property, because you are having a rough time in your Christian work with God, your Christian work or your work with God, you kick the devil out of your business. You keep, you keep that idiot out of your life. Because God is not in favor with you based on what you have done or what you are doing. He favored you right before the foundation of the world. He chose you, ordained you, anointed you, he blessed you before the foundation of the world. He declared you his own in Christ Jesus before the foundation of the world. So if all of this is according to the pleasure of his will, then there's nothing you can do to secure it or to maintain it. To get the blessings of God in the first place has nothing to do with your contribution. So to secure it, maintain it, there's nothing in your life and destiny that you can ever do to maintain the blessings of God. Because he gave it to you, he gave them to you of his own free will. Amen. And the revelation, the depth of revelation you have of this will, would it, will affect how you think and how you behave. There are this wrong thinking that if you tell people about the goodness of God, people will take God for granted. People will not be serious in church. That's not true. I am. I know the. Rev- I have a significant level of re- revelation of God's love for me, and I'm not taking God for granted. I'm not committing adultery. I'm not watching pornography. I'm not doing things that I'm not supposed to be doing. So we can say, if anyone is taking God for granted, they're not serious with God. They are not serving. They are not. You know, they are not stepping in, doing what they're supposed to do as believers. It tells us that we need to further help them to have a deeper revelation of who God is. The Bible tells us in the book of Romans chapter 2 that the goodness of God is intended unto what? Um, to repentance. The goodness and the kindness of God towards us is to lead us to repentance. It's not to give us the liberty to sin. So if people or anyone takes the grace of God as a license or liberty to sin, then they do not know God. They do not know the gospel. They are thieves they are waiting to hear what their ears want to hear so that they can take that opportunity and privilege to exploit the goodness of God. They are thieves. They are not born again. They are not children of God. You may say, but they speak in tongues. So, so what? Praise God. The knowledge of him. The particular Greek word used in this passage is epignosis. And its verb counterpart is called epignosko. It carries the idea of full, accurate, expert knowledge of God. <laughs> so, that the God and the Father of our Lord, okay, uh, verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom, mental disposition, uh, and revelation 
you know, uncover in the knowledge of him, perfect knowledge of him, accurate knowledge of him. Paul's prayer was that through a, a spirit of wisdom and revelation, the Ephesians will come to know the Father in a deeper, more perfect way than they had, that, than they, they had before. Deeper, inside, knowing. Paul said that I may know him and the power of the resurrection of his Christ. You, your soul, your mind, your, the core of you, you know, nothing can shake you or move you because you know. But that doesn't mean that the enemy cannot, um, it's a word I'm looking for, try to fizzle out that knowledge out of your soul. It will try to bring chaos, bring problems, family problem, marriage problem, things like that. But, but if you know that your peace, and your, your peace and your joy rest on your revelation and your victory in life, in life rest on securing and keeping still in that knowledge of God, <laughs> you fight everything off, including your mother. This is where things get sensitive about people. You know, I'm not a pastor into sentiment. I don't bring tradition and things into stuff. Including your mother who may be, who may be the agent of chaos. I pray that people's eyes of understanding be enlightened. And if any mother is angry at me, check yourself. You don't need to be angry at me and try to curse me. Before you start seeing fire and angels slashing you here and there, that sounds like a kind of a gory scene. I mean it. I'm not joking. This assignment, God is with me and the angels are working with me. You don't, you don't mess with me. <laughs> if I don't say some weird, horrible prayers, oh God, kill my enemy, it doesn't mean I don't know what's available to me and I don't know the angels working with me. They will kill you. I didn't kill you. They will, any, anybody come and try any nonsense with me, you will be shocked. <laughs> I repeat, because we don't teach it, because I don't say it, doesn't mean I don't know how spiritual things work and the powers and the forces that work with me. <laughs> try it. Try it. And then you know what's up. Just try it. Just try it. They will come for your funeral. Amen. Just try it. Praise the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to open them, to heal the brokenhearted, to open the eyes of the blind, to declare to them what? Uh, to proclaim liberty to the captives. And to declare freedom to them who are in captive, captivity. That's my assignment. And the anointing is heavily messed on me. <laughs> Praise the Lord. People, God loves you so much and cares about you. Don't allow anyone in your life rob you of the blessings and the grace of God. Don't allow anyone in your life perpetually put you in the bondage of darkness by bringing chaos, afflicting you, mistreating you. Don't allow it. Don't allow it. Don't allow it. Mother-in-law sometimes can be, can be something else. And I don't blame them. So many of them have some personal problems that they need to fix themselves. And it's unfortunate how many people can be very diabolic and give themselves to demonic forces and demonic things. I've seen things in my life. Don't allow them. I was talking about your soul. Your soul determines what you do, your actions, your behavior. Mind what you allow in your life. Mind the men and the women you allow in your life. 
Some men are just lustful. They are just wicked. They just want to sleep with anything that looks like a woman, regardless of whether she's married or not. Don't allow them in your space. Some of you, you have to quit your job and look for another job because of your boss who is trying to stay with you and is really on your case and you know you're about to start giving in. Quit that job. It's not worth it. Don't allow the, any, the, don't, don't allow the enemy to use anyone to give him access into your life. Your life is precious to God. And many, 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 many lives depend on your life. If your life is wrecked, you can't be a blessing to other people. Rather, you wreck other, other lives. The knowledge of him. Give yourself to knowing who God called you to be. Give yourself to knowing who he is. What he will do and what he will not do. Forget about religion. Forget about what I teach you. Forget about what other pastors have, have taught you. Go and find out in the word of God yourself. Look at the life of Jesus. Look at what Jesus stands for. What did Jesus say about God and himself? His relationship. The Bible, Acts chapter 10, verse 38 says, How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good, my time, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the enemy, of the death, for God was with him. Don't allow sentiment. Because God is not into doing evil. Understand the nature and the character of God. Don't allow sentiment in your life. This is, a, this is a strong word for someone there. God has speak to someone who has been, because, because they love their mom, they've always allowed their mom access into their home, their family, their life. And this woman, no offense to her, she's just ruining your mind and your life. Why are you doing this to yourself? Yeah, she was a single mother. She, she looked after you. She fought for you. But now she's giving herself to the devil to be used against you. Why are you keep allowing her? You love her from afar. You love your friends. Stop this sentiment. This is real. As we expect, every parent, every child should outlive their parent. When this woman goes on to be with the Lord, what would your life remain if you continue to allow her to destroy your life? The same thing, your father. Amen. Let's bow heads for prayer. Father, we thank you in the name of the Lord Jesus for your word this morning. We pray that we encourage and strengthen in our hearts so that we can give ourselves, thank you, Holy Spirit, give ourselves to the not knowing you, the knowledge of you. We pray for ourselves, Father, that we may grow or develop much more the spirit of wisdom and revelation, the knowledge of him, that our mental disposition will be focused on you, focused on who you have created us to be. Well, I pray for your people in the name of Lord Jesus. That strength, that courage to break out of those demonic hold of the enemy in their lives through their loved ones. Well, I pray these people will have the, gra the, 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 the grace, the energy, the ability, and the resolve in their heart to say, enough of this. My life has worth. My life has value. I will not allow my sister, I will not allow anyone to ruin my life because my life is precious to God in the name of Jesus. That people will be able to stand their ground and deliver themselves from the snare of the enemy in the name of I pray for strength and courage because you want these people to live. You want them to live well. You want them to become who you have, you are, who you have created them to be. I pray in the name of Jesus, you help the people. Thank you, Holy Spirit. To see that they have so much power that there's no stepmother or mother-in-law that is demonic enough or be it a witch that can overpower them in the name of Jesus. That nobody will, that they'll be able to see that nobody can do them. That somebody is doing me, somebody is doing me, somebody is doing me. 
When did you become a pet and a toy that somebody is doing you? That they will say that they are not a toy, they are not a pet that somebody is doing them, and they will stop that stupid and nonsense thinking and emotions that somebody is doing them, allowing the devil to, to sit down as a king over their lives. I pray someone is broken, someone is breaking out of those demonic and stupid reasoning that has been ruining their life in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray.